0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to By Literacy Now. I'm your host, Diana, and on today's episode, I'm going to discuss the term balanced literacy and how that looks in a through K-4 classroom. Thank you so much for being here today. As always, you can follow me on Instagram. That's where I spend most of my time. You can visit my blog at biliteracynow.com and purchase my products on Teachers Pay Teachers and Bilingual Marketplace. Let's start with discussing the term balanced literacy. I want you to think of it as a huge umbrella. And underneath that umbrella are various components that make up what it means to expose the student to various forms of literacy. Some of those components can be things like your read aloud, the reading workshop, the writing workshop, word study, guided reading, shared reading, interactive writing, shared writing, strategy groups, all of these things can make up what it means to follow a balanced literacy program. Now, the reason why balanced literacy is so important is because it's something that we're expected to do on a daily basis, right? Especially for those of us who are teaching in grades K through four. Now, this term is specific to reading and writing teachers, and it does not matter what language you teach in, right? Whether you're a bilingual teacher, dual language teacher, ESL, or if you're a regular ed teacher, you still want to provide your student with a healthy balance of literacy exposure regardless of what language you teach in. Okay, so let's get back to those components that make up balanced literacy. The first one that I'm going to be discussing today is read aloud. That's one of my favorites to talk about. Now what I want to do today is sort of talk about each one in detail and then kind of give you an overall of what I think your day to day could look like. So we'll start with read aloud. Now when you decide to do a read aloud, you have to make sure that you have a meeting place with everyone there. So it's usually at the rug and you're at the front with an easel and you have the book in your hand and you begin to read. Now, one of the things that I see a lot of teachers do that really just makes me cringe is seeing how they don't plan out their read-alouds. I don't understand how you don't read the book ahead of time. You have to, guys. You have to know where you're going to pause. You have to know when an important event is coming up. You have to be dramatic when you need to. And that only happens when you've read the book ahead of time so that you know it's coming. You should not be reading the book for the very first time with your students. You're also going to want to plan out questions. And sometimes there'll be questions that you really don't want answers to. They're more like think alouds, like, hmm, I wonder why he's upset. Do you think he's upset because, because of this and this? Hmm, let's keep reading to find out. Now, those are think alouds that you might say in front of your students, and you're not really asking for their answer. You're kind of just modeling for them what it looks like to think aloud, because that's the time during a read aloud where the teacher is responsible for showing the students what are good reading habits and what do good readers do. Good readers stop and think often. Good readers ask themselves questions. Good readers jot down important events or jot down important uh, information or facts. So you, that's the time for you as the teacher to model for your students what the expectation is for when it's time for them to independently read. You also want to write out a couple of questions ahead of time that you actually do want your students to answer. What you want to shy away from is having your students raise their hand as you call them one by one. Instead, what you want is to have turn-in talks. That way, they get the opportunity to turn to their reading partner and have deep conversations about the book. Now, you're going to have times when sometimes students, you know, are not having those deep conversations. But this is a time for you as a teacher to start making notes. And then you use those notes to help you plan out your small groups and figure out what students need help with what skill. Now, I'd recommend doing about maybe two or three turn-in talks per read-aloud, and then maybe a couple think-alouds. And this is a way to help your students be engaged and, and be a part of the read-aloud experience. Um, but you don't want to obviously over-question them. You kind of want to keep it light and fun, but still informative. Okay, so that's your read-aloud. Now let's move on to another component within the Balanced Literacy program, which is the reading workshop. And the reading workshop is very similar to the writing workshop in that they have the same components within it. For example, the first 10 minutes of your reading or your writing workshop, you're doing a 10 minute mini lesson. And in the mini mini lesson, you're explicitly teaching your students a specific skill. After those 10 minutes are up, then the students go back to their desks and they either read if you're doing the reading workshop, or they write if you're doing the writing workshop, independently for anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes. And then the last three to five minutes, they can share out um, what they did whenever they were independently working. Those are your three main components of your reading or writing workshop. Whenever you do teach your mini lesson, it's similar to your read aloud in that you have to have a meeting place, usually at the RUG, and sometimes you can have an anchor chart to kind of help you and help your students visualize what you're trying to teach them to do that day. And I like to follow the I do, we do, you do model whenever I'm teaching my mini lesson. So one of the things I like to do is tell my students, this is what we're going to be learning today watch me as I do it. And then I may do it for them. And then I'm going to say, okay, now I want you to practice here at the rug with your reading partner or with your writing partner. I want you to give it a try. And of course I'm making sure that I'm paying attention to what they're doing. And I'm again, assessing their work and their quality to figure out what students I may need to work with later on. And then when the mini lesson is over, I tell them, now it's your turn to go off and practice. And that's the you do part of the lesson. Now, once your students go off and begin to independently read or independently write, you're wondering, what am I doing? What is the teacher doing? Well, that's the most important part of the teacher's day because during that time when they're independently working, it's your turn to start pulling small groups, right? So you have about 20 to 30 minutes I would suggest you pull maybe three or four students to your kidney table and begin working with them, whether it's a small group lesson to focus on a strategy, whether it's a guided reading lesson, whether it's a shared reading lesson, but you're constantly working with small groups of children. Now, of course, you're not gonna have the time to pull all of your students during your small group time, and that's okay because you also have a writing workshop time and you're able to pull students then that you weren't able to pull earlier during your reading block. I would suggest spending no more than 10 minutes with each small group. So if you have about 30 minutes of independent practice, that means you'd be able to pull maybe three groups. Okay, so now that we've done that, let's discuss the time. So since you're doing 10 minutes of a mini lesson, uh, let's say 30 minutes for independent practice and let's say five minutes for your share, That's about 45 minutes, which means your reading workshop should be about 45 minutes long, which of course means that your writing workshop should also be 45 minutes long. That gives you a total of 90 minutes for reading and writing. For the sake of this podcast, I'm going to use my district's timeline, which my district states that we need to have 120 minutes of reading instruction per day. So if I'm adding my workshops, reading and writing, that's 90 minutes, plus I'm adding the 20 minutes for my read aloud, that gives me 110 minutes, which leaves me with 10 extra minutes. And in those 10 minutes, I'm going to teach word study. But first, can I tell you a secret about word study? It's not that hard, guys. It's really not. I think a lot of teachers shy away from it because they don't know exactly what to do. Now here's the beauty of word study. It can be whatever the teacher wants it to be. The main thing you have to keep in mind is that you don't want to make it seem like it's repetitive and you don't want to make it boring. You kind of want to make it fun. Now, I'm going to give you some ideas of the things that I used when I when I taught second grade and when I taught fourth grade. I would give them a list of their words for the week and on Monday, they would look it up in the dictionary. On Tuesday, they would write a sentence with it. On Wednesday, they could do a drawing. On Thursday, they could um, write it on a... Uh, on a dry erase board on Friday they would practice with their friend you know do like a little spelling quiz with their friend uh, with their reading partner it just depends on what your students like what is engaging to them and also it has to be specific and tailored to your students my district uses a program called words their way which is also available in Spanish palabras a su paso and it basically mixes spelling phonics vocabulary development into one program and they use a lot of word sorts so it kind of helps the students with doing different things with those words you know every day of the week for example one day they could alphabetize them the next day they could put them into uh, like different groups like by spelling rule or by phonics like which one begins with the same letter as the other one things like that so again the child is practicing but they're doing something different with those words every day and that's word study guys Okay, so that brings us to 120 minutes of reading instruction per day. Now you're probably wondering when am I going to teach guided reading? When am I going to teach shared reading? And that's a very good question. Sometimes we don't have the time to incorporate those things into our everyday. But I would suggest to teach your guided reading lessons during your small group time. And then if you want to do your shared reading, you can do it during your small group, but that's a little tricky because remember shared reading is a five-day plan so you kind of have to do it every single day with the same set of students. So that one's a little trickier to navigate but guided reading is absolutely something you can do during your small groups. Now keep in mind that you want to rotate your students out so you want to be able to see everyone at least two or three two to three times per week. And aside from guided reading lessons, you can also teach strategy group lessons during your small groups. And that's basically where you're teaching students that are from various reading levels how to do a particular reading strategy. Like for example, how to identify the main idea or how to summarize or how to infer. Those are called strategy groups because again, you're focusing on that skill at various reading levels. So you can have a student in front of you who's reading level P, level M, and level N, and that's okay because their books are probably going to have areas where they can infer or areas where they can identify the main idea and details or whatever strategy that you're trying to teach them that day. And these, of course, are more appropriate for third, fourth, and fifth grades because you're dealing with these complex skills that show up in these higher level books. Okay, guys, so now that we've discussed the components of balanced literacy or some of the components, let's talk about what your day-to-day would look like. So let's say you have your classroom schedule that you're trying to put together right now. So let's say school begins at 8 o'clock. So I would start off my day with my read aloud for me. That's something that I would like to start off with. So I can do from 8 to 8.20 is my read aloud. Then we're going to take a break. We're going to stretch our legs and we're going to go to the restroom. So from 8.20 to 8.30, we're at the restroom. We come back at 8.30, we promptly begin our reading workshop. So from 8.30 till about 9.15, that's my reading workshop time. I taught my mini lesson, they independently practiced, I pulled small group, and we shared for briefly three to five minutes at the end. Now at 9.15, I begin my writing workshop time. I do the same thing. I teach my mini lesson, they independently write for 30 minutes, I pull my small group, and then they get to share out at the end. And that will bring me to 10 a.m. Now from 10 a.m. to about 10.10, That's when I do my word study, and that wraps up my reading and writing block for the day. So that gives me a total of 120 minutes, which is two hours, plus 10 minutes that we went over because of the restroom break. I know that time is like a very big thing for us as teachers because we never feel like we have enough time, but I would honestly recommend that you create a schedule that's large enough to be able to to be seen from every angle of your classroom to hold yourself accountable, for going through the motions of all of these components because maximizing your instruction time is such a difficult thing to achieve for a first time teacher but once you have it i promise you that your day will go by so much smoother you won't feel as stressed and you'll just feel more productive you know you'll feel like you you did a lot with your day And that will translate to student growth. I think you'll notice a difference in your students. They'll become better writers, better readers. They'll expand their vocabulary, become better spellers. And they will definitely demonstrate good reading habits as long as you're modeling that for them every day. If you're interested in learning more about balanced literacy, you can visit my store by Literacy now on TPT. And I have a product called Balanced Literacy Classroom Checklist and PowerPoint with real-life pictures of classrooms, steps, and ideas that you can take to get your classroom ready. Thank you so much for listening today. My hope is that you leave inspired.